He talks more the mice about the hagdomos, the premises, but they run when they're clarified, and you internalize their truths. Let's just pay lip service to it. Yishlam bitchono shalodam al Hashem Yisala. You'll develop bitachon b'shleimus when you clarify these things in your mind, and that means you have to think about them, turn it over in your mind, see if you really believe it, see if it's real to you, or if you're just saying it because you know you don't want to be labeled an apikaris. So you have to see if you, if you have to saying Tehillim is a marvelous. I don't want to use the word segula because I don't like the word segula, <laughs> quite frankly. But uh, not what it's come to mean anyway. It's a superstition. It's come to mean that. There are schoolers in, in Shas and in, in, in Gemara. There are things that are metaphysical by nature. There are things that, you know, not everything is physical. There are things that are metaphysical. Uh, and we don't quite know how they work, but but they work. So that's a segula. But it's been, it's been misused a lot in the last few years, the last door. But saying Tehillim is a wonderful way to develop Bitochel. You're reading it, you're saying, you're understanding the words, and you see that David Amalek was always, from every angle, in every tzara he was in, he was forlorn, he was lost, he didn't have a way to turn, he didn't have a friend in the world, people were talking Lashon Hara on him, he didn't have any seeming Eitzah, had to get out of the fix he was in, he was surrounded by enemies, and, and he's constantly talking about Bitochon, that's 80% of Tilim is that, so if you read Tilim slowly, and you think what the words mean, and he constantly describes HaKadosh Baruch Hu's the constant thing, you know, we say it and we believe it, and everything's fine and dandy, but in the world in which we live, everything's pulling us away from Hashem. We see cause and effect, we see perhaps Sadiq Viralo, Rosh Vatovlo with our eyes. It's a major issue. Moshe Rabbeinu was troubled by that. And we see cause and effect. What pulls us away from Bitochon is that we, we see cause and effect. What, what looks to us as cause and effect, and it's really, really hard to rip ourselves away from what our own eyes tell us, or our own seichel. And that's why this has to be chazed and thought about. And again, you know, he takes it slow. The Chagas al-Babas, Mitzvah Shem, and if we have time, like, you see throughout Shara Bidon, he's, he's developing it slowly, how you can become it, how you can acquire bitachon. So he says, here you know, he's saying, for shleimus habitachon, there has to be five foundations. The first foundation is the seven things he talks about, he talked about in the second parak, which would just justify having bitachon. Without that, it doesn't start. So that's the first foundation, that Hashem has the seven things that would justify having it. And without that, it, it's ludicrous to talk about Bitochen. The Yasu Habura, his clear knowledge, he calls Yonim, all the things we talked about which are demanded, which are required just by logic of someone you're going to have Bitochen in, 
Yeshnam Bahashem, Yisada Bi Yisroma. Hashem Bi Hiskatzon, when they come together, these seven things, Vamisha Bolchemolov, Hitochen Habitochon Labotehacholov, then it's possible. Then we can start talking about it. For Shlemus, you need five foundations. But to start, foundation one is the seven things which just allow it. For his kartim, I mentioned it in the previous parak. I brought down psukim to show them, and now I'm going to develop it logically, not with psukim, but with logic, with with, with human logic. The aim number one is loves you and has more rechmonos on you more than anything else. And here he's mechadesh a chiddush. He didn't say this in the second parak. This is a, a thought. We talked about it last week, really. I'll just go over it quickly. But call the Rachmi the Chemlish Atobu Mizuloso Ala Odom, him Brachmi Hashem Yisala the Chani Noso. The Rachmonos we have, the Rachmonos a mother feels for a child, the Rachmonos a friend has for a friend, the Rachmonos and the love that a spouse feels for a spouse is a reflection of Hashem's love. This is how Hashem is Mashpia, love in the world. This is how He's Mashpia, Rachmonos on the world. This is how He. It, it, it's all a an, an image, like it's a, it's a taste. It's a taste of Hashem's Rachmanus. The truth is, a mother's Rachmanus, a parent's Rachmanus, is really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking, <laughs> it's overwhelming. It, it, it's really not natural. Once in a while, you hear a story like you, you know, you get the chills from it. You read a story in the newspaper, you read like a horrible story about abuse. Children, really, children are paying the neck. You want to go out, babysitter, they're screaming, they're crying. You stay up with them, you right. I'm not sure how natural it is. Maybe. We, Maybe there's a spark of Hashem, not just in the lot, not just in like saying, okay, a mother's Rachmanus is really Hashem's Rachmanus channeled through the mother. Yeah, it really is like that. You know how I can prove it is like that? Because a mother's Rachmanus on a child is not natural. A mother will love a child no matter what, no matter how much it crimps her own. And, 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 and you want to be reminded of this every once in a while. You read a Shrekwacha story, hopefully by Goyim, that... that, that they have no use for the child. The child is just, you know, it's just a bother, a pain. So where does the Rechmon, and maybe every Rechmonus, say, wait a second, wouldn't a logical, objective, rational person would never have Rechmonus? Where does that come from? Where does Rechmonus come from? Where does that Mida come from? Why does a person have Rechmonus? It's not logical, it's not rational. Where does that emotion come from? Where does a person's sense of fairness come from? Say, this is not fair. Where does that come from? Who taught him, like, why do things have to be fair? It, it comes from somewhere. This is all, this is all Hashem bestowed. Hashem, the sense of fairness is the Tzalem Elohim. Hashem is Elohim Mishpat. Hashem, runs the world with fairness. So we have a sense of fairness, but it's a hashbal from Hashem, our sense of fairness. And our Rachmanus, which is irrational, certainly by a child, I'm not, it, 
I'll call it irrational. It, it's unnatural. It, it, it's it's overwhelming. Well, but what parents, you know, they give up their lives. <laughs> they take care of their children. This is commonplace. Where does that come from? And it's in every culture, hopefully. I don't know, in China, not so much, if it's a girl. But, uh, you know, they don't take too kindly to girls in China. You're lucky you were born here. <laughs> uh, but um, it's from Hashem. That's, that, that's what the Chavisov here is revealing to us. And logically, he's saying it. And I'm hearing, I'm not I'm hearing, I'm, I'm elaborating on what he's saying. It's logical, even this point is logical, because or else, where does it come from? Where, why would a rational being, where do, that emotion comes from Hashem? The truth is, Seichel also comes from Hashem. But Seichel, at least, we could say, okay, you know, I have Seichel, so I'm thinking. So I'm, but where, do, where does that feeling come from? What, what's fear? What's Rechmonus? Okay. So he's explaining the Pasuk that he will have others have Rachmanus on you. He will bestow Rachmim on you. That's the double option. It's really Hashem having Rachmanus on you. So when a mother when a mother has Rachmanus on a child it's Hashem. The child's helpless. Child is helpless. Who's going to take care of this child? Right? Animals are born, I think, within two or three days. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if there's a Rishlifkin. But within a couple of days, they can take care of themselves. And a child is helpless. If the diaper, if to do, if to do everything for it. Then when he gets older, you're lucky if he gives you the time of day. Right? <laughs> The Hashanis number two is so. This was number four in Parrot Bays. If you're keeping a scorecard, for some reason he mixes it up. We we mentioned that last week. So this number two here is number four in the second Parrot. It's not concealed from him what's beneficial for a person. Any discovery made, any medicine for a chole, any emotional. What I need to grow, what I need to be the best person I can be, anything, whether it's physical medicine, whether it's emotional help, whether it's the type of spouse that I have, the type of nisyonos I have in life, Hashem, Hashem knows what's best for me. Now, best doesn't mean the most comfortable and the most gishmak tasting and the most pleasurable. It doesn't mean that. It's not the definition of the word best. Best, uh, you know, if we, if we all had to define best, we would all define it as reaching my potential as a person. Or we may define it as bringing me closest to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, that, that could be how we would define best. And that's certainly what the Chavis Halvavis means. So Hashem knows what's best for us more than anybody else. But even in a... In a thing like I'm sick, Hashem knows how I can better. Hashem knows what's best for my emotional health. Why? And, and he's talking logic now. First of all, Hashem is, of course, omniscient. But he says, he says, Hashem created us, and the manufacturer always knows what's best for the machine. 
It's not possible that someone will know what's best for the machine to have Seido and what would ruin the machine. Would make it ill, not function properly. Think of a refrigerator. We <laughs> also how to fix it. Yosemi Boram, more than the creation, more than the creator, more than the manufacturer. And if that's posher, then that's the reality by human manufacturers, but also the person that made a refrigerator, he's saying, what did he do when he made a refrigerator? Even, he didn't, he didn't get into the kishkas of how everything works to its most fundamental principles. He took principles that already exist, uh, principles of electricity, principles of whatever, whatever forces around the world, magnetism, electricity, uh, the, the, the ozone, whatever, and he put it together. And he understands how to fix it best. He can't create anything, so he doesn't really know the real nature, down to its bottom line nature, of what's the essence of, of uh, let's say of electricity, he doesn't know what's the essence of these things. He can't create a piece of wood. You give him a piece of wood, he'll make a chair out of it. So now you want to say, well, how to keep so? Uh, how do you with the upkeep of a wooden chair? How many times should I oil it? How many times should I grease it? How many times should I clean it? So you ask the manufacturer. But he he can't make a piece of wood. So. And even in that case, when his knowledge of the wood is limited to just really superficiality, meaning he takes what already exists and he puts it together, and still he knows better than anyone else how to treat it. Koshkane, the one who created wood, right? He certainly knows what's best for the chair. He knows the nature of wood itself. He can create, the one who created, who can get to the Really, the, the, the underpinnings of everything. The basic nature of whatever it is he's put together. They, they can't manufacture a chemical. They can take the chemicals that exist and they could play around with it. But they can't create it. Logically, the one who created the person out of, out of right, creation, you're talking out of out of a putrid drop, the Mishnah in Pirkei says. And out of that springs an entire person, the Tzuroso in its shape, Utchonoso in his nature, the Seidich in its composition, how a, how a person is put together, and he doesn't even mention the Nefesh and the Guf is put together. Right, the Shulchan Aruch says when you say Baruch Atah Hashem Rofeichol Basaru Mafli Laasos, you're talking about the amazing chibur between the nefesh and the guf, which has no logic to it, but Hashem keeps it together, and the nefesh stays in the person as long as the person's alive. So certainly Hashem, who Mafli Laasos, who created down to its very most basic parts. So he knows what's best for the person. 
from every angle, physical, mental, emotional, social, reaching potential, growth, you know, what's best. Unazokov and what's no good for the person. Umashematimlo, what's good for the person Ba'olamo in this world, Ba'olamo Zer, Uliolam Habo, what's best. He knows what's best, what would make a person have the most fullest life, not the most comfortable. That's not, that's an arbitrary choosing, comfortableness. What's, what's best for him? What's most matim for him? Ba'olamo Zer. Maybe what will make him work on his midos? Obviously, over the gra. The person comes down to this world. That's really the most important thing. When a person is faced with an isayon, you should realize, thank Hashem, and realize that every person came down to this world, the Vilnagon says in many places, I've said it many times, to be misak in the midos. And when something happens, that's the isayon. That's it. You're given the opportunity or else we fall asleep and we're so busy with life that not always do we reflect on how our midos need tikkun. So sometimes Hashem has to send a crisis or I don't wish a crisis on anyone, but at least a problem that they have to deal with. And the method of the dealing, the method of the solution is the tikkun midos that they need. And if you could see that and you could realize, you know, if I would conquer my anger, I could get over this. If I would conquer my lack of bitochen, I could get over this. If I could conquer my impatience, I could get over this. If I could conquer my sense of superiority and pompousness, if I can conquer my want to find favor in the eyes of people, I want kavod, I could conquer this. And if you chap, that that's the dynamic that's going on in your life, that the Mida that you know you're deficient in, you have to work on, you should sing Hallel, you should thank Hashem, He sent you the opportunity to do that. And so that's what He's saying, Hashem knows what you need in this world to have a happy life, and what will hook you up with eternity. Kamosha Amar, the Pasuk says, Ani Hashem and he brings down a pasuk that talks about discipline. It talks about when Hashem is giving us tochacha, when Hashem is waking us up, talking to us. Malametcha, I am Hashem who teaches you lahoil. I discipline you, I teach you lahoil for your own benefit. Madvichacha, I guide you. Bederech telech. I'm showing you like, do this, like, you're stingy. So now you're faced with this situation where you have to open up your heart. You have to be generous. You have to work on yourself. And so on and so forth. So, the Omarki Esasher Yehav Hashem Yochiach. You should look at it as a sign of love. Hashem is Mochiach. You have problems. Realize that the way to overcome them is by Tikkun Midos. <coughs> maybe the, maybe it's made of laziness. Maybe you have to do things to overcome it, and it, because maybe you're smug and self-satisfied. Everything Hashem loves you, and He wants you to better yourself. So He sends you everything that He sends you. But He knows what's best. You have to think and internalize 
that whatever happens is what's best for you, and Hashem knows what's best for you because He created you. And right, and He was goes there. If you should be intelligent, not so intelligent. He, he, some people have natures. Everybody has certain natures. <coughs> not everybody. It's an assignment to overcome it. Some people are by nature impatient. So there's nothing wrong with saying that. Hashem gives us the tools to overcome our nature. And every person's different. So some person, people were created impatient. And that's what they have to overcome. Some people were created with a short temper. And that's what they have to overcome. So Hashem created the machine. And He knows how to make it perfect. He knows how to oil it. How to keep the upkeep. And how to make it function at peak peak function. Who else knows if not the manufacturer? So that's what number two here is, which was number four in the second parak, that Hashem knows better than anyone else what's best for you. So it's not like, and, and, and really we, we have a hard time with this. In Bitachon, this really many times is what we bump up against. Is that, is that you know, but this is bad, this is not good. Ashlishis, number three, Shabori Yisala Gibra Kol Gibra, to internalize that Hashem, there's no obstacle to Hashem doing whatever He wants. Ufugudoso in His decree, Mofeles, happens, comes into being. Yosemi Kol Pekuda, more than anyone else's decree. Fein Meshav Lemishpato, it's the ultimate city hall that you can't fight. Kemosha Omar Kol HaShachofetz Hashem also. Okay, that's simple enough. We have to realize that, and nothing happens without Hashem's decree, and nothing happens without Hashem having made the decree, and 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 there's nothing that. There's no obstacles. So if Hashem has Rechmanus on you and knows what's best for you, there's no obstacle that's going to be there. The Horavius, number four here, is number two in the second parak. This is now, this was number two in the second parak. Shumashgiach Peniel, he runs, he watches over, and he manages. Everything that happens, he's always he's aware of everything that goes on. He doesn't neglect it. He's not busy with something else. So he thinks he doesn't neglect anything. It's hard for us to imagine. We burn our finger in the kitchen, you know. So it's, it's a, Hashem decreed that this happened, and Hashem knows it would happen. Hashem made it happen. Hashem doesn't neglect the smallest act of a person. It doesn't, it doesn't ignore. Which is us, us sitting here, every person here. That and, 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 and the world, whether it's our thoughts, it's very scary, very scary thought. Whether it's our deeds or our words or our thoughts, Kodesh Baruch Hu is aware of everything that's going on. Oh, he doesn't doesn't realize that I'm. He knows everything. He doesn't. He doesn't get 
distracted by other things. But look at the Pasuk he quotes. You know, it sounds funny to us. And look at the Pasuk he quotes. Ka'omro, he quotes a Pasuk in Yeshayahu that says as follows. Lomo Tomer Yaakov. Yaakov says in Golos, it's talking. Utudaber Yisroel. This is Claudius Yisrael talking in Golos. And they had every right to feel as they talk. Nister Adarki Me Hashem. Hashem is not Hashem has turned away. He's turned away from us. He's not he's not caring about us anymore. He's letting this happen. I don't have to tell you that there's been the Holocaust, right? In our time. We could call that an hour time and our you know it's not ancient history. And this was many people reacted this way. Tremendously so young. Mr. Adarki me Hashem, Omeyelakayim, Mishpoti Ya'avor. My Mishpot, taking the Kom on the Goyim, Hashem, forgot about it, Hashem. Don't say that. Don't say that. The truth is, you know, the Holocaust, I mean, it was, you could react in different ways. It's a very, that in itself is a very scary thing, that some people reacted in the worst possible way by saying Hashem's not there, and and some people felt I don't know other some people felt it's a fulfillment of certain things on the Chumash. Some people felt that the 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 the, the, the total like the, the, the almost unreality of of a sophisticated civilized people turning into the worst kind of animals and the world going along with it and enabling it and not caring the whole world. Including America, including Roosevelt, including everybody. That's the biggest riot of the Zakhodish Baruch in the world. It like doesn't, it, it so doesn't make sense. You know, anti Semitism should, in a certain, like, you know, in, 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 in an ironic twist, should make us feel more mischazic than this Hashem. What are they picking on us for? We don't hurt anybody, we don't harm anybody. We're nice people. What do you want from us? Right? When did the Germans pick the Jews? Like so, so that it could be a chizik, but it's it's very scary. It's not for us to say that if we would have been there, we wouldn't have reacted the wrong way. Okay. We just thank Hashem. We just thank Hashem that we weren't a man. And, you know, we do have such missionals sometimes, not on the magnitude of the Holocaust, but sometimes tragedies strike, and, and we have to deal with it. And it's not six million, but, you know, it could be one. One is not that far from six million. It's just a question of numbers, right? A tragedy strikes, and we could say, there's a danger. There's a danger of saying this through a darky, Hashem, and the Elakai Mishpat, the Yavor. And it says you have to be mechazuk your Sometimes you should have to go back to basics. Hello, yodata, 
in Lo Shemata, you either know it on your own or you were taught it, you had a good chinuch. Elokei Olam Hashem, the Novi's Menateach, like the, the parts, what you have to think about. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mashgiach over the whole world. Orek Tzosa Oretz, he created the whole world. Lo Yiyach, it's not like he's tired. He didn't go to sleep. He didn't forget about you. Lo Yiga, and Cheker Lusfunoso. Hashem, this is really, the, the answer really lies in the last three words. Ein Cheker Lusfunoso means Hashem's wisdom is infinite. There's wheels within wheels within wheels why things happen. And, you know, we have extremely limited scope and there's a, a much larger picture that we're not privy to. And even when we're privy to the larger picture, or we think we are, we're still not privy to the real picture. Like, I, I, I like the marshal that I tell my children often. When Yosef revealed himself to his brothers... She said, you thought you were selling me down to Mitzrayim and you were getting rid of me. You didn't realize Hashem's plan. There was going to be a rov. Look how wonderful Hashem's Ashkoch is. There's going to be a rov and Lemichia. And now I'm supporting you. Yaakov would have been wiped out the rov. I mean, we don't know, but that's what Yosef said at least. Hashem sent me Lemichia to give you food and sustenance and to sustain you and to keep you alive. This is mamish unbelievable. Now we look at these Psukim and we should smile because Yosef was right. But even that wasn't the whole picture. Even after he tells the brothers, oh, you thought this was going on. There was a much bigger picture going on. There was a huge rov. And look what happened. But we know that there was an even larger picture going on. That Bnei Yisrael had to come down to Mitzrayim. And this is a fulfillment of Brisbane HaBasarim. And Hashem was maneuvering that they should come down to Mitzrayim. But they're covered, Chazal tell us. They shouldn't be come down in chains, in servitude. But they should come down as Amnoshim Chashuvim, with Yosef as the king of Mitzrayim. And then that turned sour. So, like, here's Yosef almost... Like, like we, so, you know, you think sometimes we say, Oh, I see now what Hashem had in mind. It's a joke. In Cheker Lusfunaso, Hashem's wisdom is infinite. You know, we think we perceive the wheels within wheels, but really there's wheels within wheels within wheels. Right? We, I just learned the Nach in the Shul, the Nach Shia this morning. So, I don't know how acquainted you are with Nach. There's a whole story how Shul kills out Nov Ir Hakohanim. Because he thinks they're in cahoots with David. Because he imagines David's a more b'malchus. Shaul thinks that David wants to overthrow him, unjustifiably. And that David's a danger to the Jewish people. He convinces he That's part of the tragedy of... Not part, the tragedy of Shaul is that he convinces himself of that. That's okay. And that's what... You had to come shout this morning. <laughs> and... And then he and then he imagines because someone taught Lashon Hara Lechilus, so he imagines that the city of the Kohanim Nov are in cahoots with David, the terrible slander, and he goes and he wipes out Novi Hakanim. So, right, that, that's the story. Then you step back and you start learning the Gemaras and the Chazals and the Mefarshim, 
And there's so many things going on. This Doeg, the one that taught Lashon Hara, gets punished. Shoal gets punished because he listened to the Lashon Hara. David gets punished. Generations later, David gets punished because he was indiscreet. And he, like he had a secret conversation, with, you know, he had a, like a secret conversation with one of the Kohanim, the chief Kohen there. And he allowed Doeg to see him. And he wasn't careful. You know, he, he just talked to him. And he let Doeg build up a story. And he was indiscreet. And he was punished for that. Yonason, amazing. Yonason was punished because this whole thing happened because David was starving to death and had to ask the Kohanim to give him food. And Yonason, David's best friend, who, 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 who selflessly stepped aside, really, and said to David, you're going to be the king, not me. This is show. I'm your best, best friend. Right? The symbol of friendship. But he neglected to give David Seidel Aderech. He didn't give David food. He sent him out to the car without giving him a big cookies to take with him. So David was starving, and Yonason was punished for this. Meanwhile, Chazal tell us, Nov Ir Hakohanim, who were killed, are the descendants of Eli Hakohen, who was cursed by Shmuel, because they did evil, so they deserved. So what, 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 what's going on? And it spans generations, and it's like you know you have to. St- I told him you have to step back and you say how little we know. You know we see five minutes of history, a week of history, and we think we know it all already. And we have caches and, and look, look at this one. Everybody's punished for his role in it. And meanwhile, they deserve, because Hashem's running everything. So everything is part of a huge master plan. Ein Cheker was That's ultimately the Teretz. There really is, you know, there's many Teretz that we hear, and people try to comfort us, or they say, you know, this is the fulfillment of the Psukim and Dvarim, that say when Bnei Yisrael going to be punished if they stray and there was assimilation and there was reform and there was this and that it's all mini terutsum and Haker was for now so sometimes you just have to you know vayido maharom so just be quiet you have to be careful sometimes you could hurt someone sometimes you could say hurtful things you try to be try to say something comforting and sometimes you say something that hurts sometimes you just you know is maybe sometimes the best thing to say we don't know why Hashem does things so you know you talk the Holocaust once asked my Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Berman I asked him once once a year but once a year he would be expansive and he would talk Friday night Parsha Zohar we'd go to his house and he would just tell stories and he would be out of character <laughs> for a little Shiva. Rosh Hashiva yeah. I hope I'll say 
he's my rabbi, my Shiva, I owe everything to him. Anyway, so I used them once in such a, in that venue. Why some people, why some people, like what was the, how does he explain, how does he define the difference? What, what made some people react with apicursus? And some people, perhaps even their amuna was mischazik. And they said, like, this can't be happening. This is like, without a Hashem, this wouldn't happen. This is beyond, this, this wouldn't happen. Even in a chaotic world, this is like crazy. Even chaos, this is beyond chaos. So, there must be a Boreolum that's making this happen. It's so irrational. Like sometimes, you know, in Israel, you think about, uh, you want to you want to shoot someone? You read the paper and you read the news reports about this, what, the, what, the, what this president is doing, and what they're doing in England to us, and what they're saying about us in every country in the world. And you know, you know, <laughs> and you say, you know something? There must be Hashem in the world. <laughs> this is so irrational and so crazy that Hashem must be doing it to us because of something we're lacking, something we're doing wrong. Anyway. So he told me that say um, in the Holocaust, like what? Because he, he he lived through the Holocaust. He, so he said, I'm not sure I understand his answer. I mean, I understand. I mean, the depth of it. That's what I mean. He said he thinks it depends how a person lives. Uh, I'll say it like simplistically, perhaps. A person lives for himself. And he hopes Hashem gives him what he needs. So when Hashem is not there for him, he gets he, he violently angry. If his living is self-centered, then he expects things, or he needs things, he wants things, he feels entitled to things. So when things go bad, or very bad, or horribly bad, you know, we're talking about the Holocaust now, we're not talking about uh, someone who who's air conditioning broke <laughs> but if a person lives for Hashem so if a person's perspective on life is that I'm here to serve Hashem I'm here to recognize that Hashem exists, I'm here to to become close to Hashem like his whole sense of being is this way, not that way. That's how he said it. His sense of reality, his sense of being, his purpose in life is is this, is out to Hashem, not in to himself. Hashem is not like a candy machine giving him things. But it's it, it's, it's very, very hard. But he says, so then when bad things happen, so you're pained. You're pained by Hashem's You, know, you become more aware of Hashem. Like, why is Hashem doing this to me? But, like, that's what he said. I don't know if I fully understand it. But anyway, I don't know. We'll go on off a tangent here. And Cheker was But what's interesting to me is that the Chaybis Halvavos. I hope he he slips in deep ideas without speaking it out. Uh, and, uh, he started off saying in the fourth thing that Hashem is not is cognizant of everything that goes on. Then the posuk he brings in 
talks about it's, really a, it's a remarkable posuk that he brings in. He brings in a posuk talking about a person who's suffering, talking about a person who feels Kali Salon Golos. Lomo Tome Yaakov is Dabri Yisrael. This is a darky Hashem. He's not saying Hashem knows everything. That, that's the point here, only, so to speak, quote unquote. That Hashem knows everything that goes on, and so He has a chmonos, and He knows what's best for us, and He knows everything about us. He knows what we're thinking, He knows everything. But then the Chavis Halavas brings down a posuk that really addresses a very deep issue of, 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 of life um, not working out the way we'd like it to. And you say, where's Hashem? Does Hashem really exist? Does Hashem... Is there a Hashem that knows about this and cares about this? And this is what happens. Hashem created all the marvels in the world. See, in the Chavis Halavas, he wants you to he wants you to maybe one day we'll learn it, Mitzvah Shem. He wants you to look at nature. He wants you to realize the tremendous complexity of the world, of nature, of physics, of biology, of the natural sciences. He wants you, because Allah is a big believer. He said that's the foundation of your Avodah Hashem. But, so it, ha- it does a lot of things. It's, primarily, it creates our the basis for our Avodah, our Hakaras HaTov to Hashem. But here I'm saying, you know what else it does? It makes you aware of the amazing complexity. You know, we see... We see a Holocaust, or you know, we could see a stillborn child. It's one of the slime other tragedies. It's not that different, you know. One over six million is the same tragedy as six million. It's just not just. <laughs> it's not really different. Holocaust is in some ways a very childish question. If someone is bothered by the Holocaust and not child and not bothered by a, a tragedy of, of, of a child passing away. I, I think that person is. It's, it's really the same question. It's not different. It's just because six million. Wow! Wow! Six million. What's the difference? Same kasha. Same question. But if you think of the complexity, you know we have very limited vision. And if you want to realize that, go look at nature. Nature can do that for you too. The complexity of the world and the interrelationship of... I don't even... you know I don't, I don't claim to know. We have to learn Shara Bechina. But you just go to a library, I don't know, and then take out a science book, and then take out an encyclopedia, and, and how everything in the world interacts. I was sitting with a gardener last week. I got a bone up for Hilcha Shmita. So I sat with a guard and I said, Give me an education. So, you know, he laughed at me. You know, he could sit there talking to me for a year and not teach me everything. And this is just like in a silly garden, you know, with, with grass and trees. But, you know, every time, you know, you're, we're exposed to the complexity of nature, of life. And, and that's such a small part of life, a garden, you know, the biology and everything. So, so first, Chavis 
primarily wants it to create a sense of a korosatov, the foundation of our lives, always and be and, and the foundation of be, always being, always praising Hashem and thanking Hashem. But I'm saying here it accomplishes something else. It makes us realize how puny our vision is, how small it is. We like, look at everything that's going on. So in history, also in life, in, in events. There's also so much going on. There's so much going on. We, we can't even grasp it. It's, it's, it's kemat infinite. I mean, uh, only Hashem is actually infinite. Right? It's, it's almost infinite. So when things happen, I would say wheels within wheels within wheels within wheels, what, what do we know? Uh, so that's another mile of, perhaps, of to develop a sense of encheker musfunoso. So when you learn... When you, when you, when you say, and, and the truth is, when you learn Torah, when you, when you learn Torah, so you also, uh, I don't know if you experience it, please be mindful of me if I just insulted anyone. <laughs> when you learn Torah, you also see a pack, all the complexities in the physical universe, when you learn Gemara, you learn Shas, you learn Torah. You see, it's the whole thing you see again. It's like a whole parallel universe. And all the complexity and all the interrelationships and all the wheels within wheels within wheels within wheels you see in the spiritual realms. And you have Nigla and you have Nister and you have Kabbalah and you have Chumash and you have Gomorrah. And, and it's like the whole thing exists in the spiritual world as well. And you say, I need a couple of thousand years to learn everything. And then something happens, and you have a kasha, and you say, you know, well, so that's what we have to work on. Okay.